Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, McCoy. Hey, McCoy. Hey, McCoy. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome in to another episode of the PHNX Suns podcast. I'm Lindsay Smith. That's Gerald Borgay, and that's Espo. And guys, uh... Bradley Beal to Phoenix, huh? How <laughs> yeah. about it? How about that? <laughs> some of us have already talked about yes. this. So. Some of uh, us tried to talk about it and got about two minutes in before the internet kicked out on them. But I was sleeping, sorry. So yeah. You don't have to wait a day later for us to be live to talk about it. We're always here for you. So. Yeah. That's right. Espo and Saul are always here for you guys. Sometimes Gerald, occasionally Sometimes. Lindsay. Gerald's internet wasn't here for us. Right, Gerald exactly. was. Yeah. Not streaming speeds, at least. <laughs> So this is um, this is big news, yeah. right? Was, Way to uh, undersell this. <laughs> well, you guys so already guys. did the whole like thing yesterday. We don't have to do that a second time, do we? Or do you want me to? Oh my God, you guys! Bradley Beal's coming to Phoenix, and all we had to give up was Chris Paul and Landry Sham and OMG, OMG, OMG. There we yeah, go. That's, that's better. It's pretty wild. Um, I was on the record a few days earlier, earlier in the week, saying I didn't see it happening at all. Happy to be proven wrong. Yeah. Um, and I think. We kind of underestimated the power of that that no trade clause in his contract and his ability to force his way here. Um, As soon as it became clear that this is where he wanted to go, that's what wound up happening. Um, I still can't believe how badly the Wizards fumbled that whole situation. And to be fair, a lot of it was on the prior regime for giving him that no trade contract or clause in addition to a $250 million contract. but that's great for the Suns. And honestly, I've seen a lot of people, you know, bashing this trade in terms of like, how's it going to fit? They're not the favorites in the West. The Nuggets are still going to beat them. That's fair. I don't think any of us are sitting here saying, yes, now the Suns are definitely going to win the West. But there's for me, there's still a lot of work to be done. Right. There's still a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of concerns moving forward about how they're going to build the rest of the roster. And we'll talk about those. But for me, my question to you is like, what could they have done that would be better? Like, I didn't think this trade was would happen because it felt too good to be true. But as soon as Beal wanted to come here because of that no trade clause, it made sense. And for the Suns, you're not going to find a better player in free agency mm-hmm. or on the trade market that was available and not have to give up D.A. That's the beauty of it. They made this trade and they still have D.A. if they want to add more depth to the roster. So for me, this is a home run. And yes, there are going to be a lot of complications moving forward. Um, but you're you're maximizing your window at a time when the rest of the league is going in the opposite direction because of these new CBA rules that we're going to talk about. I think you're 100% right here. And 
if it was DA and it wasn't CP3, I think we have a different conversation and I understand the frustration. Mm -hmm. But with it being CP3 and Landry Shamit, you have given your yourself still the option to trade DeAndre Ayton for depth. Mm -hmm. So now you can still potentially get the best of both worlds where you add another scorer who can obviously help and who can handle the ball. But now you've given yourself the option to do what everybody said you needed to do and add that depth. Give yourself uh, more of a, a roster that looked similar to uh, you know, a Denver or a Miami. This hasn't prohibited you from doing any of that. You mm -hmm. simply swapped salary cap space in, in, in this. Yes, does it impact you three, four, five years down the line? 100%, and I won't argue with that, but this is about owning the now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have to own the now if you're the Suns, and you had to from the second that you traded for Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. You were all in at that point, and from that point on, everything else you do had to be in service of winning in the next two years. This does that. I would also like to think that they have a plan in place for the next steps in this process of how they're going to finish building out their team. Mm -hmm. I also think they have a plan in place for how these three guys can work together. Mm -hmm. And they probably, I mean, we've heard reports that Book and KD were a part of the recruiting process. So, you know, they've had conversations with those two, or at the very least, you'd like to think that they have around the idea of the three of them playing together and how each of them feels about that. Mm -hmm. So it seems like they would all be bought in here. And in, when you look at this deal in totality, which I know we haven't gotten the full details yet, but we have gotten more reports to what this deal is going to look like, you had to give up Chris Paul and Landry Shamit as players. You're getting Bradley Beal. According to Josh Robbins, you're also getting Jordan Goodwin. Mm -hmm. He tweeted out that the, uh, he was told that Josh or Jordan Goodwin would also be included in this trade. Gambo also confirmed that. And then Woj says that Isaiah Todd is also going to be included in this trade. So you got like these are, you know, not star players by any means, but good players who can help you fill out your roster as well. I think one of them is good. I Like, I, I think Jordan Goodwin can contribute on this team based on what I've seen and read about him so far. Um, he's a point of attack defender who gets his hands on a lot of steals, a lot of deflections. Um, and that's something that you need with this group, the way they're currently constructed. He's a younger guy. Um, Sounds I, like a Frank Vogel type of guy. Yeah, exactly. Frank Vogel type of guy, kind of maybe in the Josh Okogie mold in, in terms of that point of attack defense. Isaiah Todd, I wouldn't expect a ton out of. He's he's a taller guy. He shoots a lot of threes, Doesn't hasn't made a lot of them, at, at least if you look at his G League numbers, and he's spent the majority of his two seasons in the G League. So I wouldn't see him as a possible contributor. Not unless, right now. Not right now. But um, he's also 21. And yeah. the plan is to get a G League team so you could potentially develop him a little bit more to be somebody who could be serviceable on your team. He's a former five-star recruit, a guy that can come in and basically be a late first-round pick for you, an early second-round pick, a guy at 21 that you invest a little bit of development time in. And with Vogel's track record with, uh, with bigger guys that have some range, maybe he can develop into a guy that can help you on the back half of the roster. Look, you're you're not going to get much better than what the Suns got here, and people want to pound the table about depth, younger guys, the future. Well, this is the way you get some of these guys in the system on cheap contracts is 
uh, is bring him in here. And, and you never know what's going to happen. Right. We Ishbia told us on his opening day when we had the one-on-one interview with him, that building a G League team, uh, because the Suns didn't have one for a few years, was a priority of his. And we've since gotten reports that the plan is to have one by 2024 at the latest. So it makes sense there. And because of the salary cap situation that we're going to talk about here in a minute, it makes sense to bring on a guy who is only making $1.8 million in guaranteed money. That's less than the veteran minimum. So that's that's great to have another roster spot filled with very minimum salary. Um, that's huge for the Suns moving forward that they were able to get another body on their roster, someone who's young that they can possibly develop, uh, even if he's maybe not a contributor this upcoming season. Yeah. We did have a super chat from, I know that one guy, thank you for your super chat, said, whenever you guys go on vacation, there's always huge news that happens. So you're saying we should go on vacation more? Hold on. Hold on a second. Mm. <laughs> none of us were on vacation. and yet So it was. Okay. None of us no. sitting here were on vacation. <laughs> and yesterday was a Sunday yeah. and a holiday. Like, I, I think tough. it's more that. Like, we get yeah. these weekend days or holidays. Or 12 p.m. at 12, night. Yeah, why yeah. not? Like, <laughs> or I guess 12 a.m. actually at yeah. that point. Mm-hmm. Look, I just think this is simply that James Jones, Matt Ishbia, the entire Suns uh, you know, group over there just needs to be more considerate about what's going on in our lives. <laughs> I know. Like, just call me up say, hey, Espo, are you all right with uh, with us leaking this right now? And I can say, you know what? I'm supposed to go to dinner for Father's Day. Can we push it back a couple yeah, hours? Yeah, or, or maybe, you know, Monday morning. Yeah, that why, works, why too. <laughs> like, gosh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but some of these trades and some of the news that we've received over the last year or so, it's been very odd time. The last two, man. Yeah. They've been, they've been rough. Yeah. It's all right. My marriage can handle this kind of stuff. Here's the thing. This is what I'm, I am going to say. If you want me to be on an emergency pod, apparently the rule is it has to be sometime between 11 p.m. at night and like 1 a.m. Then oh. I will be available for these emergency pods. Okay. But a Sunday at, what was it? Two? It was like one I'm like that. One? Yeah. I'm asleep. I can't help you. <laughs> Still Let's be honest. If, it, if it's 11 to 1 a.m., you're playing Pokemon. So <laughs> you've just got no luck here. One of the cool things about all of the moves that the Suns have made and will probably continue to make is that um, it's all happening here in Phoenix with Devin Booker, right? Mm-hmm. Espo, I know that you pulled this graphic of Book saying how he wanted this to happen and he wanted the super team to come to him in Phoenix. And now we're starting to see that all kind of take shape. And it's just really cool to have been a part of this ride um, from the very beginning when it was like, who is this Devin Booker guy to yeah. finally giving the reins over to book and be like, wow, this guy is going to be something. And now we're seeing the fruits of that labor. I mean, you, I, I don't use this word lightly, but it's almost prophetic. I mean, he said that, uh, you know, in 2018 to freaking Yahoo sports, he said, I want to, I want to build a super team. I want him to come to me. And that exactly happened. And you, you bring it up being there at the beginning. I remember the day that he was drafted. I, I was working there at the Suns, and you heard, well, his ceiling is maybe Clay Thompson light. That's going to be the best you're going to get, and he's he's really just a shooter. You're not going to get more. And then you meet the guy, you see the work ethic, and then when he says something like this, when I heard it, after having known him, seen that, I went, if anybody can pull it off, it's this guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then he he showed his dedication. He stayed through all uh, all the crap he had to wade through uh, in terms of everything on and off the court here. And this is, for him, it's got to feel validating. Because now these are two big names 
that have decided to make Phoenix their home and to play alongside him because they look at him and they go, that that's a guy that can get us where we want to go. And in that same article, he was talking from 2018, he was talking about, I don't care if I have to be a distributor. I don't have, care if I have to be a scorer. I don't care what I have to do. I want to win and I'll do what it takes. And that's proven time in and time out. And I think he's going to have to do that again here. There's a chance that we're going to see a lot more point book mm-hmm. just based on the way this <laughs> roster uh, is constructed now. And yes, Beal can take it up. AD can take it up. I think there'll be some hybrid here or, you know, if they don't go out and get another point guard, but Devin Booker's got the right mindset. He's willing to do whatever it takes. And I think, you know, I joked yesterday, but I think this really is a new solar order you're seeing here. This is, you have to embrace that these guys are likely going to be the bad guys, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to likely be looked at as, uh, as, oh, they skip steps. They circumvent. They the already system. are, so you they, may as well lean into it. Oh yeah, they looked at the second second eight print in the CBA and they gave it the middle finger. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's all technically right, and I'm fine embracing the role of, of bad guy if you have to do it, if it leads to where you want to get. Like so many people are, are are throwing their hands up, and I'm like, again, three years from now can handle three years from now. If you win a title. That's what you're here to achieve. And other people are like, well, I don't want one title. I want a dynasty. Yeah, we well, got to get one yeah, before exactly. you can have a dynasty. You can't, so. you can't have a dynasty unless you win that first one. And nothing's to say you couldn't win multiple if you get there, but you got you to gotta get to the top of the mountain first. Yeah. And we've seen all sorts of iterations here in Phoenix, but we've never seen this approach to it. Again, this is what I'm asking the people that are crapping all over the Bradley Peel trade is what other avenues did they have to really raise their ceiling? Like you can say, you can look at this and say, oh, the Suns are top heavy, depth is a concern. And that's fair. Those are valid concerns. But at the same time, like if this pushes you from, I think Sam Cooper said this on Twitter, if this pushes you from like 20% chance of winning the title to 25 well, guess what? You maximized your chance of winning a title. It doesn't mean you're going to win. And it doesn't even mean that if you fall short, that that was the wrong way to do it or that it was a failure. Like winning a championship is hard. That's what it takes. And you have to be aggressive. And so I'm I'm not going to act like I saw this coming. Um, I was very adamant that I didn't see it happening and was completely wrong about that. But at the same time, like this just backs up what I said last week. That if you are a star player who's disgruntled with your situation, the Suns have to be on your list because of who Devin Booker is, because of who Kevin Durant is. And it drives me crazy that people try to twist it into, oh, this is the Nets 2.0, or oh, we need to have a conversation about Kevin Durant and how he built his rosters, and oh, the Suns are this super team that's trying to you know cheat the system when the NBA is cracking down on this and that. And it's like, can you just enjoy some basketball and see the differences between the two? Like, if Bradley Beal calls up Devin Booker or Kevin Durant and wants to come play with them, are they supposed to tell them, no thanks, our Twitter legacy is going to take a hit for this? (laughs) Like, fuck all the way off. They are allowed to play with the best talent because they are the best talent. And that's what you attract when you are good talent. And this is nothing against Denver and their approach to team building, but the idea that the Suns are skipping steps with all this shit is so stupid because the players that they traded for Kevin Durant, who is an all-time great player, were homegrown talents that they helped cultivate. So we need to stop with this criticism of, oh, that's not the right way to build a roster. Oh, we don't skip steps and all this bullshit. Like, 
cool. The Nuggets won a championship. If the Suns win a championship, guess what the rest of the league is going to be doing? They're going to be praising them for taking this bold approach to saying, F the new CBA, forget Mm -hmm. the second luxury tax. We're going to try and win and we're going to spend to get there. And why is that a bad quality for an owner to have? Like, get real. Well, and we lived in a world where you had the owner that stuffed the cash in the mattress and didn't do jack. Mm -hmm. Then you get... You know, the freaking Oprah, who's handing out stars to everybody. Mm-hmm. And you're like, whoa, we can't spend money like this. You yes, know, we can. Oh, there's a rule. There's a stop sign there. It doesn't matter. Right. Like, yeah, there, there's multiple ways to get to a championship. Will this get you a championship? We don't know. We'll find out. In, you know, 11 months, we'll know. Yeah. I, you know, and that's the re- the reality of it. And I just, I, yeah, I don't I don't understand. You point, people point to the Nets. Mm-hmm. A global pandemic... Mm. A unconven—I'll say unconventional approach to vaccines <laughs> and strip clubs took down that team. A guy that's a, that that had an affinity for strip clubs. Well, it, and they're you know, they're not the same players. No, no. You're not taking those three players from Brooklyn and plopping them here in Phoenix and being like, let's repeat this. They're different people, different players. Like mm. there might be similarities to an extent, but they are not the exact same. Oh, and no. I I hate to remind people of this, but. When they were at full strength in that series, they beat up on the Bucks in games one and two. They went to seven games with the eventual championship champion with a Kyrie Irving who wasn't playing well at all with a James Harden that was on one leg and Kevin Durant almost carried him there. If his shoe was one size smaller, that he hits that as a three, they go to the they go to the Eastern Conference Finals against freaking uh, the Atlanta Hawks, and they likely face the Suns in the finals, all right? Mm. So uh, you can play revisionist history. You can try to compare things that don't fully compare, but we're not going to know anything mm-hmm. until uh, until we we get there. And the, the Nuggets, the roster building and everything, didn't work until this year. Mm. There were multiple failures at times. So we don't know that it can work again. We don't know anything that's going to happen in this next season. All we know is the Suns now have three of the best players on the roster. At the end of the day, haters going to hate. If you have concerns, that's (laughs) fine, but you should also try to just lean into it Mm. and enjoy the ride. Enjoy the fact that we're a good basketball team. Mm. Like, did you forget that just a few years, less than a handful of years ago, we were a terrible basketball team. Mm -hmm. And now we're a good basketball team. We have ownership who's willing to spend money They're making moves that they think are good. You may have your hesitation or or reservations about it, but try to lean into it. Try to find the positives of all of this. Sports are supposed to be fun. And at the end of the year, only one team can say we won a championship. So as much as that should be the goal and it shouldn't be justification for, you know, this team is fun, but we're not going to really push the window. This team is pushing that window. They are going all in. And I respect that. I don't understand why that's a bad thing or why that's something to be clowned or, or anything like that. Like, And if they don't win, we can say we had Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal on our team, and that was fun. Like That was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. The last three years have ended horribly, and they've ended on a horrible note, but they have been fun basketball to watch. We would have given anything five years ago mm-hmm. to be watching the teams that we're watching now, and I don't think we should lose sight of that. Look, I, will, I, I know this will come as a giant surprise to each and every one of you, but I've been negative at times in my life. <laughs> what? I yeah, I know exactly. I I'm shocked too to to hear myself say that out loud. But really, I, I've said it a couple times. But I'm I want to just own the now, right? Mm. We're seeing 
in my time with the Suns, I would have killed to cover three guys like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and we look at all this, and we only do this because we want to be entertained, to your point. Only one out of 30 teams is ever going to get to the top of that mountain. If this keeps you in the conversation, it gives you a better chance than you had five days ago, I want that. That's all I ever care about. Give me more entertainment. Give me a better chance. Mm -hmm. And injuries and all this can happen. I can't change any of that. Mm -hmm. All I can do is is see what they build and, and look at it, and I go, you got three stars. You got three guys that are addicted to playing basketball, three guys that that." are not one dimensional. They all can, uh, can distribute a little bit, can get the ball to other guys. And you've got a defensive minded head coach. I just want to see it play out now. Like, yeah. You know, that's all, that's all I want. And I appreciate the free property in Denver, you know, living rent free in your heads uh, for some reason, but you guys have the championship right now. I can't say anything about that. Let's let's Wait. just see how it plays out. Enjoy your championship. Yeah. Let's let the rest of the offseason play out, and we'll yeah. see what the Suns roster looks like heading into next season. And like we've always said, winning a championship takes a little bit of luck. It takes a little thing it's breaking your way, good matchups, mm-hmm. all these different things. The superstar we'll that forces his way here for a pile of stuff you didn't want to that's keep anyway. That like, could be the first domino or like, the second. I, I think that... Oh, I know we have to move on here, but mm-hmm. uh, you know when you look at it, everybody's like we had, we had kind of poo pooed on the idea because you never thought you were going to get him for Chris Paul and Landry Shamit, right? Uh, and and some uh, second round uh, yeah. picks and some swaps. Yeah, like mm-hmm. and, and admittedly, you didn't think you were getting anything else as mm-hmm. part of the deal either. So when you look at it from what Washington got, you go in in a vacuum. Holy crap, they got stuck up, right? Mm-hmm. They they got mm-hmm. robbed. They did. Uh, but so that's. A, that's why nobody thought it was going to happen, and B, it's why I don't understand why people have such a problem with this. I, I don't care what happens three years from now. You did it in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, we're going to get off our soapbox here. Uh, as Gerald mentioned, sports are supposed to be fun, okay? <laughs> so just remember that. And you can have more fun with sports if you download the BetMGM Sportsbook app <laughs> and you use that bonus code PHNX when you sign up. Because there's a few different offers uh, using that bonus code that you'll be able to get depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, you will get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, just make sure you use that bonus code PHNX. You can check out the show notes for full details. And now you can listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus the wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA. 1-800-522-4700. Kansas, Nevada. 1-800-327-5050. Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF. Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Michigan. And of course, our friends over at OGs have been creating some really cool stuff for you guys. This summer, they have pink lemonade gummies coming out June 21st, just a few days away. They will be available. It is a limited edition. It's a fresh tangy lemon, hint of red berry, and plenty of sugar taste. You are going to love them, and they're going to be great, uh, great flavor for the summer. So make sure you guys check those out again. They are coming out on June 21st. OG's does not miss when it comes to flavor and effect. So get your pink lemonade gummies while you can. Check out OG's online at ogsbrands.com. You can find them on Instagram at OG's Brands. And of course, you can also find their products at your local dispensary 
but you must be 21 years or older to purchase. I'm glad they included the sugar because if you've had lemonade without sugar, it's really just bitter lemon water. This so you need that sugar. Yeah, <laughs> the sugar is like brings it all together. It's really delightful. So make sure you guys check it out. All right, so we've gotten quite a few reports and news breakers talking about the suns <laughs> in the last 24 hours, rightfully so. Let's start with our good friend, Brian Windhorst. Brian Windhorst said, over the past week, the Phoenix Suns ownership and front office came to a conclusion as they considered the idea of trading for Washington Wizards guard Bradley Beal. Don't just break the rules, smash them to bits. Mm. Now, <laughs> we're all talking about what this trade does as far as the money side of things with the new CBA and the salary cap and the second tax apron. Gerald, do you want to kind of help break this down for us? <laughs> yeah, so... This is going to be interesting how they go from here, and they're very limited in what they do. So if you look at the contracts that they have on the books for next season. Was there like four of them now? Yeah. <laughs> so they've four got now. Booker, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, DeAndre Ayton, Campaign, who has $2 million guaranteed of his $6.5 million contract, Ish Wainwright, who has a $1.9 million team option, Jordan Goodwin, who's coming over in the trade, that's $1.9 million partially guaranteed, and Isaiah Todd, who is $1.8 million guaranteed. So that's eight players, and that is up to $173.7 million between those guys, which is only $5.6 million away from that second luxury tax apron. Now, once you push past $179.5 million, that tax apron, that means the Suns will no longer have access to their taxpayer MLE, which is about $5 million. They can no longer add players uh, through sign-and-trades, and they can't add players on the buyout market if that player's contract was worth more than 12.2 million which is the full mid-level exception amount and then the amount of extra salary that they can receive in a trade is reduced from 125 percent to 110 percent so that gives them less wiggle room on trades it gets even worse next summer so next summer if the suns are still above the second tax apron which espn's bobby marks projects them to be they can no longer aggregate salaries in a trade they can't send out cash in trades and they can't add players through a trade who were previously signed and traded. Um, they also repeat offenders have their first round draft pick seven years out. It's frozen. And if they are a repeat offender in two of the following four years after that, it moves to the end of the first round, no matter where it's projected to go. So that's a lot of things to limit your ability to build a team, to make trades. Um, I do want to clarify on the aggregating salaries thing, because this has come up in regards to DA. So you can trade one contract for multiple contracts coming in. So like they could trade DA for a guy on a $20 million contract and a guy on a $10 million contract next summer, even if they're past that line. What they can't do is next summer trade like DeAndre Ayton and campaign for another player of that amount or for multiple players. So the Suns can receive multiple players for so one contract, one but they can't trade out two contracts together. You can only at that send point. out one guy. So there's right. a benefit now for them to trade DA before July one, because they could still take 125% of the salary yes. back. Uh, and they can circumvent some of the newer things. Because correct? the new rules don't kick in until July, July 1st, right? Yes. So yeah. that is that is true. They There's still an impetus to trade DA because if you look at it, um, they've only got eight players on the books for next season. Um, they need seven more to round out the roster. So even if those are all veteran minimum deals, they're going to push past that second luxury tax because they're only like six mil away from that. Now, the thing that Zach Lowe 
and Bobby Marks talked about on the low post today, which is interesting. And it sounds exactly like what we can expect from Matt Ishbia is they can use their what's called their early bird rights to re-sign some of their own free agents and they can offer them more money while still staying at a lower cap hit. So what they can do is with guys whose early bird rights they have, which includes Jock Landale, Tory Craig, um, a Bismack Biombo, and Darius Baisley, who's a restricted free agent, is they can re-sign those guys to amounts that might not that might be more than they're worth. Um, but they can structure those contracts kind of like the Landry Shamit trade where it's around the mid-level amount so that come trade time when they have less wiggle room to work with because they are a second luxury tax team, they can structure those contracts to add up to a mid-level caliber player so that these contracts are are flexible and movable down the line. So what you're saying is Matt Ishby is the Kool-Aid man and he's going, oh yeah, <laughs> and he's busting through that, yes. uh, through that sacred apron. Also, second apron. Can we talk about this? <laughs> First off, Matt Ishby has said, let's put on the second apron. We're cooking. Yes. But to me, why do they not make this sound like it's something more uh, daunting? Like a second, the second bear trap or something, something that's like scary, <laughs> right? I'm putting on the an second. apron. I get that. You know, it's like, oh, the second apron. I'm so scared. They're not fall yeah. off that second cliff, oh, guys. God. Yeah, you can't. Why you, why are, hey, it's the... Uh, uh, it's oh this, it's the luxury tax bazooka. If you I, get here, I, you're in big trouble. I think know? it was more apron like threshold, not I get like it, in but, the kitchen know, apron. But still, thresh, <laughs> even threshold is but it's it, way it, more it, fun for it to be an apron like in the kitchen. Yeah, let's be real. I, I want mean, this to feel like Home Alone, where each step that you get past, something else worse is going to happen to you. Right? What were we talking about before the show? How the English language is hard. Sometimes. <laughs> the English <laughs> language. I'm coming back to. It's a, it's a rough you, one out here. You hit the second <laughs> trap. We're blown torching your entire roster like the second landmine (laughs) um no but i i I applaud him for this and this is going to totally make sense so if you see jock landell tory craig any of these guys signed to a deal that you're kind of like whoa i didn't see him getting that much or how do they have the cap space to do that it's because of their early bird rights and it's because they're being intentional in terms of trying to give themselves as much trade flexibility down the line and look good for those guys, too, because they want to give them incentive to come back. Obviously, they have plenty with Kevin Durant, Booker, and Beal. But, like, these guys worked well. They deserve a contract extension here. Um, and you need depth pieces. You need guys that are going to be, like, veteran minimum level contributors that you can rely on. I think all of those count. The question for me is Josh Akogi. They don't have his bird rights. Uh, Brian Windhorst said they want him back. Mm-hmm. They hope to bring him back. I don't know if he'll take a veteran minimum deal. That's probably what it's going to take to bring him back. Um, But it is a clever way of, like Brian Windhorst was saying, if you're going to dip even one toe past that luxury tax apron, you might as well just run right through the fucking wall. And that's exactly what they're doing. What are the implications of that, though, for down the road? Because you were talking about getting your first draft, your first round pick frozen and all these different things. Like, is there beyond that? Are we looking at two years down the road kind of having like shot ourselves in the foot and bit. we're kind of up a creek without a paddle? But is I mean, I get the trade off if yeah. you're able to win. Right. I, I get the trade off. But it's it's going to be a problem because you look at the long term salaries of Booker, Beal and KD. They're only going to increase as they go along um, because all of those guys continue to make more money as their deals get deeper in. Bradley Beal is the last deal of his uh, last year of his contract is a $57 million That's a player lot option. Of dollars. And Beal 
it, it could be a problem down the road because by then he'll be 33, 34 years old and he still has that no trade clause that was in his contract that did convey over here. So if the Suns try to trade him, he's going to have to approve it and the Suns are going to run into the same problems probably that the Wizards have, maybe even more because he'll his be contract older. keeps going up and he's getting older. But you, if you're making this move, you're doubling down on the all-in move you made with Kevin Durant. You are maximizing your window now. Um, it could be a situation where this costs the Suns in two to three years. But mm -hmm. for right now, you've given yourself a two, three-year window to compete for titles. Um, you're going to have to fight like hell to not be a second luxury tax apron team in the coming years. But this front office very much seems of the mindset like, if we win a title, who gives a shit what happens yeah. after that? And I... I can't. I'm okay with that. Yeah. But right now, I'm okay with that. Like, I know the goal is you want to win every single year, but that's not realistic. Let's be honest. Mm. I want one. And then after we get the one, then we can talk about two, three, four, and however many more you want to go. But you got to get one first. We got a bunch of. You got to break the seal. We got a bunch of pleasure delayers. We've been 55 years without a title. Mm. I don't need to sit here and go, well, maybe we should, you know. Do it a little different so in four years we can win maybe three two. in a row, like, two in a row, right. but three and four years. Isn't there a potential life raft on the horizon too with the new TV I deal? Mean, maybe that if that comes in at a much higher clip, which supposedly they're looking at digital players and another network involved, if that comes in at more money, that could make the cap uh, increase as well. So you might not be uh, in as much trouble. As some people believe right now. Yeah, that, that could definitely help. And you're hoping for that to bump up everything because as the TV money comes in, you're hoping that that luxury tax second apron gets a lot higher than it currently is. But as it stands right now, based on projections, they are projected to be a second tax apron team for the foreseeable future. Um, so that's definitely something that's going to limit their abilities to tweak the roster moving forward. But for right now, they are being rightfully aggressive because they were always going to go past that amount. So is this where the pick swaps could actually come into play here to be beneficial for the Wizards? Because I've heard that everyone's like, why would you want to pick swap with the Suns anyway? But if we're no, but you said it's the next seven years, right? Well, so, seven years down the so road the Suns, is the yeah. pick that gets frozen. So next so summer, then I guess, it'll never be mind. seven years. In Sorry, advance. I was thinking that through as I was talking. Yeah. But look, I forgot about if that. You, <laughs> if your draft pick is frozen, you just simply say, let it go. Let it go. Well, no, I think that's what it means is it's frozen as in you cannot trade it. Like it, yeah, it's no, but I'm saying you just don't care. It is what it, it is. It is what it is. Frozen. God, you totally oh, missed mean, the frozen joke. I mean, I mean, <laughs> but it's hmm. that was, Here, here's that was the just thing. a joke, Jim. No, <laughs> no, I'm not worried about your joke. My th my my problem here is like I can't I can't take joke. the let it go approach to the draft anymore. And I, I know that. that they don't have like any picks at all. <laughs> they made that choice. Except for this they year, made that choice already. We did get to keep this year's second round pick. Well, they did. They did get to keep that. And there's that. rumor they may have the opportunity to buy into the late first round because some teams may be trying to Ishmael sell got off. That money. It's possible. And we'll talk about DA trades tomorrow. There are some trades that I'm already coming up with that could include a trade near the end of the first round, beginning of the second round that they could work in with some of these trade packages. But moving forward, the Suns have to, it's, going to be tough but they have to find a way to work their way into drafts and to maximize that because every team that has won a title recently has some sort of rookie second year third year player that that team drafted that's come in and made an impact even if it's off the bench for negligible salary 
The Suns absolutely need that moving forward. They need really, really cheap rookie contracts and guys that can contribute at the same time. That has been totally ignored over the last couple of years, and it's why the Suns are in this current situation that they're in now where they have so few bodies and so much money on the books. Joshua Goodwin. Jordan Goodman? Jordan, Joshua Jordan. <laughs> See, that's the See, that's that, the approach the Suns take to young players. I meant Jordan. Right? I know. <laughs> We're all collectively working on shifting our mindset together, right, Gerald. Right, okay. You just got to give us some time. Okay. Us, I the just, fans, I the just, Suns friend. We'll get there. We I just, just need a little bit of it. I just it now. It's actually, I'm just incapable of saying the name Jordan after 93. That's okay. all. Okay. okay. So that's, it's just like a nervous It tick. always gets replaced with Joshua. <laughs> Joshua okay. Clarkson's one of my favorites. Yeah. There you go. Lord, have mercy. Joshua. <laughs> All right. Before we dive into some of the implications of this move around DeAndre, and I want to tell you guys about our friends over at FOCO. FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise. They've got uh, apparel, accessory, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and so much more. FOCO always has our back for Arizona sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by visiting Foco.com and using that code PHNX for all non-presale items. When you use that code PHNX, you're going to get 10% off. So check them out again at Foco.com. Also, we've been telling you a lot about what cool things Four Peaks is doing for teachers this summer. And that deadline is coming up. It's slowly approaching. So make sure or quickly approaching. So make sure that you guys are nominating your teachers as Four Peaks for Teachers continues they're giving away 11 $1,000 cash grants, and one lucky teacher will win a teacher's lounge renovation provided by Four Peaks. So if you want to nominate a teacher, go to fourpeaks4teachers.org and complete the form to enter them a chance to win. Nominations are due June 30th, so don't wait. That is fourpeaks4teachers.org. I'm nominating Matt Ishbia for <laughs> teaching us all that it is possible to spend Anything Lots of money on your basketball team. Check out at Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. You do have to be 21 years or older to drink Four Peaks beer, and we ask that you please drink responsibly. All right, now let's talk about DeAndre. And mm -hmm. we did get a little bit of an update from Sham Sharania. Here's what he had to say. So in Phoenix, it'll be Devin Booker running point there. Bradley Beal will be shooting guard. How, how will that whole thing work? Or do you think they bring in a point guard to kind of distribute to all the shooters? A lot of, lot of weapons there now all of a sudden, right? A lot of guys that take a lot of shots. A lot of weapons for sure. And DeAndre will be your fourth best player on this team. And we'll see if he's going to be there. I do think one thing, Pat, that has happened since this trade is Phoenix has been getting a lot of calls on DeAndre Ayton in the last – uh, 12 to 18 hours. Teams seeing if, if now DeAndre Ayton is a little bit more attainable. So we'll see if he's going to be back on the team or not next year. But as of right now, I do think Devin Booker is, is going to play a lot of time at, at point guard. Um, but it, there's a real weird flexibility with this team. I mean, Devin Booker can bring the ball up. Bradley Beal can bring the ball up. Kevin Durant can bring the ball up. Like these guys Frank can all play major. Mm -hmm. Frank Vogel. So... More interest in DA now that this move has been reportedly made? Look, I, I can tell you for a fact, prior to this, there were at least two teams that make, made an offer mm -hmm. for DA to varying degrees of, of what they were offering. I mean, uh, not a bad haul in it. and But so I think there was, they, they claimed it as lean. I guess if you think two out of 29 teams, Qualifies as lean. Yeah, there was a lean market. 
I'm sure additional have called since then, but the, the idea that there was no market for DeAndre Ayton was a falsehood before this. Yeah, and, and for me, this is the big thing to keep an eye on heading into Thursday's draft, um, and especially before July 1st when the Suns, if they push past that second tax apron with any move that they, they're probably going to make, um, they lose a little bit more trade flexibility. It makes sense to trade DA leading up to the draft. Draft night, we know mm-hmm. a lot of teams talk about trades then. Um, and I, I think the Suns are going to be active on that front. I feel like it makes sense because if you look at the $32.5 million that, that he makes next season, like the Suns, that's not an albatross of a contract, but it's more than what he's providing them at this point mm-hmm. in time. So as much as I understand people wanting to give DA one more year under Vogel to see if a defensive minded coach can bring that side out of him at the same time, like you need to maximize this championship window. Now you don't have a year to wait and see if the sixth year of Deandre Ayton is going to finally be more consistent and you can take back up to 125% of salary rather than 110, which is what you're going to get after July 1st. So I think you're going to be targeting a starting caliber center and maybe like one rotation level wing for around the same amount of money, maybe less if you can, for DA than that $32.5 million. And look, we've said this before. The Suns have always been queasy about paying DeAndre Ayton that much money. There's a reason they dragged their feet after the finals run. There's a reason that they waited until he signed that offer sheet to match. Like they believe that they can probably get 75 to 80% of what DA offers for half or two-thirds of the price. So all signs kind of point to DA being your last possible way to add depth, to add more bodies, um, and to not take as much of a hit at that five spot if you can bring in the right type of rim-protecting center. So it's kind of like people look at the Nuggets. They have Aaron Gordon on that $20 million contract, KCP on the $14 million deal, and they're saying the Suns need to get guys like that. Well, that literally is kind of what you're looking to trade DA for, and that's your last possible option to bring in guys like that because from then on out, it's all veteran minimums. Mm-hmm. Well, interesting you say that too because, again, the Suns were tied to John Collins in Atlanta. Supposedly, mm-hmm. if Beal didn't get done, they had a deal involving Chris Paul, uh, supposedly a third team uh, f- with the Hawks for John Collins. you got to wonder if that's another place that they revisit. We'll get into specifics tomorrow, but it, it feels like there's an option out there for, uh, you know, a two for one or, you know, a, a one for three even here mm-hmm. where you get gain some of the depth and you get a guy that can play that center position. Obviously not with the ceiling mm-hmm. the DA has, but a similar floor. So you plug that hole and you can get additional guys in that rotation. So. And we've also heard rumors behind the scenes, too, that draft picks have been involved in some of the things that have been offered. Right. Um, so this could be an opportunity to get uh, some decent guys who are already like bona fide NBA players back and maybe even some draft capital as well. Right. Um, so that's how they could maybe replenish there. But do you feel like at this point now that the Suns have made this move with Chris Paul, and Bradley Beal, that it is inevitable that DeAndre and gets moved before July 1st? Or maybe what kind of percentage would you put on it? Ah, uh, man, I'd put it at probably like 80%, somewhere around there. I, I've i been saying all summer, I feel like I don't, see, unless Chris Paul was waived and re-signed with the Suns, I feel like both of them are gone. So I'm going to stay consistent in that. I, I feel like DA, um, 
is a good player, but not for that price. And I think if they can turn him into two rotation players, they're going to do that and and possibly even duck a little bit further below that luxury tax, mm -hmm. depending on what money they're bringing back in that type of trade. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's like 94%. I was pretty convinced he was gone, mm. regardless of what happened on the uh, on the CP3 side. And this just makes me even more convinced that, that he's gone because it's your only path to filling out the rest of this roster in any uh, any way that could have a significant impact. I mean, I love guys that you're going to be able to bring in on veteran minimums. I'm sure they'll find uh, some guys that can be considered values with that, but you're not going to drastically impact things. And I think the only way you can do that is by moving DeAndre Ayton. And I'm pretty sure that they've, uh, you know, they were looking at it as the next domino fall. You had to get Chris Paul done because there's a click, you know, a click. You know, <laughs> the clock was ticking. <laughs> a ticking Words. clock. Thank you very much. There you go. English is now my second language. Gibberish is The my click first. was talking. Yeah, but like, you know, there, there was a ticking clock. You knew that by, uh, you know, the 26th, you basically had to have this all mm -hmm. figured out before that uh, was guaranteed. So now they move on to focusing on moving DA. Right. So this week should be really interesting. And Gerald mentioned it just a little bit ago. Tomorrow's Trade Machine Tuesday is going to be one. one for the books, y'all. So biggest, if you love Trade Machine ever. Tuesday, make sure that you are around tomorrow. Uh, we'll be live at 3 p.m. tomorrow with all of the shenanigans that comes along with a Tuesday afternoon here. And, and, and I will have a massive trade options article mm -hmm. in the morning. So Tomorrow's going to be all about Trade Machine Tuesday. We're finally giving the people what they want. Oh, but that's, that's not all we have coming this week. Yes. Big guest on Wednesday. Yes. Maybe it will tell you tomorrow. Maybe. I don't know. I don't Hopefully. think so. Thur Thursday, we got live draft coverage, a.k.a. we're talking Bradley Beal and DeAndre Ayton trades mm -hmm. uh, and letting you know who everybody else is picking. <laughs> uh, so a big, big week ahead here. Yeah, absolutely. But we're not done yet with today's show. Sorry if I uh, yeah. made you feel like we were. <laughs> we do have to talk a little bit about Chris Paul. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. um, and we will dedicate a show down the line, maybe when this trade actually becomes official mm -hmm. through the league, um, to give Chris Paul the flowers that he absolutely deserves for what he's done here in Phoenix. But for now, uh, we did kind of get a little bit of a glimpse as to Chris Paul learning about all of this. Um, kind of in real time, I guess, if you will. I'm driving in this morning and we got the ticker tape thing outside of our building. What is and that? I see this potential blockbuster deal between you and Bradley Bill that may take you from Phoenix to Washington and vice versa. Mm. I was surprised. What are your first thoughts on that? I was surprised too. <laughs> <laughs> I found out on the plane yesterday flying here for this. You know, in this league, anything can happen, so you just figure out what's next. Mm. You literally found out on the plane. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. What you was your first reaction? <laughs> don't push him any further. He's trying to be nice about yeah, it. Yeah, he is, yeah, right? Yeah. What's happening? He, Chris is notorious for not giving an answer, but giving an answer. Because if, if you can you read watch, between the lines. If you watch the video, too, the way he's biting his lip, it's like, mm, if I said what I was really thinking right mm -hmm. now, you would. I, I'm, I'm kind of sad for him because I know that he was doing this book tour and we talked with Mike Wilbon about the book and um, how meaningful it is to him and his upbringing and who he is as a person. 
writing about his grandfather and it's totally being it, it, like the story is that now it's being overshadowed yeah. by all of this trade stuff now um and it sucks because he's a proud guy and rightfully so and he was instrumental in helping build it here um but yeah you you can tell that that's gonna bother him that because of his pride and who he is that's gonna eat away at him that he was traded in in that kind of manner and that he found out he said he, his son yeah. was the one that texted him he found out from his son not from anyone in the sons um See, so that's unfortunate and i think that's the thing that kind of rubs me the wrong way the most yeah like I know it's a business and I know that the team doesn't owe that to this person, technically speaking, but mm -hmm. Chris Paul did so much for this franchise, so mm -hmm. much for this fan base and so much for Devin Booker as well mm -hmm. in terms of like really, and you can kind of divvy up credit where, wherever you feel like credit is due, but Chris Paul is in that conversation 100% oh, yeah. and a good part of that percentage, at least in my opinion. You couldn't have called him the guy. Yeah. You couldn't have sent a text and be like, hey, we need to talk. Right. This is coming through. I just wanted you to hear it from me first. I can't call you right now, but I'll call you in an hour or something. Like, I don't know. I would feel some type of way if I was Chris Paul, too. This, but the difference here is this isn't, it didn't come out of the blue. He knew, they were, he knew they were searching for a trade. And I always struggle when this wasn't like the Suns put out a release and said they had this deal done and Chris Paul found out via Twitter that that was the case. Somehow Woj and Shams got a hold of this and put it out there. If the Suns don't know that they have a complete deal yet, I understand if they haven't called. Now, do they need to call Chris Paul when they know it's 99% done? Yes, I, I think I, agree. If, I think if I it's just, to the point of being leaked in this way, it's 99 percent. If, you don't, if right. you don't leak it, you've got all the details, though. We have players that we know coming back. We've got a pretty good idea of what picks are being moved where. To like, be fair, if we it, didn't this know far players done, coming back. That kept found, leaking throughout the day. Yeah, but throughout the day, pretty quick after I thought you got all that information, which means those conversations that have, have at least been had to some extent, the logistics and the officialness of it might not but you know chris paul is part of it one way or the other right and, and i think to that point like it was still an evolving situation for sure but some of the stuff that was evolving hadn't been finalized yet because the wizards are going to try to reroute him to a third team so i feel like by at least that point i don't know when chris paul found out from his son but i, I do feel I like assume probably from twitter right it's the same time yeah, we all found out right so i feel like if it's getting to the people that are leaking it or to newsbreakers before it's getting to Chris. I, I feel like that could have been handled better. And there's yeah. no real great way to go about no. saying like, hey, you're being traded. But it, it's. I feel like there's a better way to do it than that. And we can talk about Chris Paul being notoriously petty, which I love him for. Same. <laughs> um, but this, this, I think he has a reason to be because he was so big in helping shape what the Suns are now and we, we you know we talk a lot about how guys want to play with Devin Booker and it makes sense they want to play with KD well he was the first one who wanted to do that and he was the first one that set the precedent and let all of the league's other stars know like yeah I wanted to play in Phoenix I wanted to play with Devin Booker um, and, and I think that matters and, mm -hmm. and you know we can talk all day long about how it was the right move great move for the Suns obviously from a basketball standpoint but 
just from a managing you still got to do right by those guys who did something for you. Yeah. And doing right by them doesn't mean that you can't move them because it's better for your franchise. It means call them yeah. before you text Woj or Shams or you have somebody on your team text them or call them or whatever. But we don't know who leaked it either. It Regardless, though, agent, it, like, you call Chris Paul the minute that it's even close enough to being leaked. Now, if he's talking about Sunday, not Saturday when Shams leaked it on on saturday that there was there was momentum mm. that's different okay yeah. because at that point you've now sat there for for 24 hours with a window to make a call mm. that's bad now if yeah. they hadn't called him when shams the sons uh, could very well be making a move for bradley beal and i, I don't know I, I i tend to I tend to lean more team friendly on this stuff. I'm not going to lie just because uh, I've seen how some of that messaging goes down in multiple facets from inside. And it's, it's always kind of messy. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's an imperfect science with it. So. I know. I just like, you're going to tell me that if down the road and I'm not putting this out in the universe or anything of that nature, I'm just using you're it as an example. To get me fired? No, but like, <laughs> tell me down the road that if they decide to move on from Devin, they're not going to give him the respect to at least have that conversation or call him before they leak it to whoever the newsbreaker is at that time. Again, Chris Paul was aware that they were and his agent were aware they were talking trades with people and trying to figure it out. Like if, if it's completely out of the blue and you, you don't even say, Hey, we're looking at offers. Yeah. We're fielding offers for you. That's next no, level. No, you're right. Awful. It just feel. I always feel bad. I feel bad for him too. <clears throat> I just can't. Because, because and it's not great. like it's a knock on the organization as a whole. It's just the kind of the system mm -hmm. that has been created around how all of this works and then getting the scoops and all of us wanting to know the scoops immediately. It's just kind of a, it's a rough situation. Um, but Chris Paul, to your point, Gerald, you said he's very calculated yes. with the words that he uses. <laughs> mm -hmm. We all love words mm -hmm. and uh, can be a little petty at times. Chris Paul also mentioned in a separate interview, quote, Matt and Isaiah must have wanted to go in a different direction. Instead of Matt and James Jones, he brings up Matt Ishbia and Isaiah Thomas. Mm -hmm. And he says it twice to this he New said York it Times twice. reporter. So that wasn't a slip. No, nope. he knew what he was saying yes. and he knew what he was doing with it, too. Yes. Here's the thing, though. Like, I think we all have questioned and maybe heard rumblings here and there that Isaiah Thomas is involved in some capacity, just maybe not, quote unquote, an official title or role or something of that nature. I think maybe this is just confirming what we all already knew deep down. You, you yeah. all thought I was joking with my tinfoil hat theory that there was a, a you know, a shadow <laughs> GM regime or front office being run by Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's looking I look, I I've reached out to this, the appropriate channels for comment on that. I don't know if we'll get a response or if we'll get official confirmation or denial on that, but um yeah, that that would be disappointing to say the least. Um just considering not just the off the court stuff, um the sexual harassment lawsuit but also just his on-the-court track record. Um, but we have seen him around a lot of Suns games. He was at nearly every playoffs game, sitting right next to Matt Ishbia. So 
that is a situation we'll have to monitor and comment on as we get more clarification on that. But it does feel like this is <laughs> for Chris, like we can say, okay, he was petty and maybe just throwing shots at his former team or trying to stir the pot or whatever. But at the same time, some of the best digs from an all-time calculated player are the ones that would be true or have a kernel of truth to them. Um, and I don't, th and like you said, it was 100% intentional. It was for a reason that he was saying that. Um, so he said we'll the see. quiet part out loud. The yeah. thing that most of us figured was going on, mm -hmm. some of us heard rumblings uh, about it. And it's, it, look, do I have moral problems with this? Yes, mm. obviously, um, you know, but again, no f official capacity and Matt Ishbia can choose who his friends are that he listens to. Mm -hmm. And when it becomes an official capacity, I think a lot of us will pound the table just like when it sounded like it was going to be official capacity. And I'll listen to what Matt Ishbia has to say to defend the move. And I think we'll all make our are very specific judgments on how we feel about it at that time, and rightfully so. I also think this could, as much as we want to like lean into it being petty and low-key thrown shade or whatever, it could also be, on the flip side, a uh, get-out-of-jail-free card, if you will, for James Jones. As in, like, if anybody is mad at James Jones for any of this, like from a player perspective, like, if he goes in some other team, that this is not his call potentially anymore. You think Chris like, we don't was know trying that. to give him a get out of jail free? No, car. but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> if you're going to to put blame on somebody, or if you want to direct whatever your feelings are about how the team is created, at least you can want to know that you're putting it in the right place, right? So if this all blows up in our faces, it's not James Jones's fault necessarily, or in theory, it could be. I'm not saying 100, percent just within the scope of what we're talking about here could be somebody else's fault entirely it's twofold though if you're gonna play that card you gotta accept that you're, you shouldn't get the credit either a lot of people and but james jones isn't he playing already that doesn't card. get credit no but I'm he's saying, not playing that card i'm saying if they win everything like you then can't take some victory lap that he can you know, because he's not playing this card yeah i mean i, I feel he like do whatever people, he wants until he comes out and says something i feel like people haven't aren't giving james credit james jones credit as it is like the yeah. cp3 trade they gave chris paul credit for that the kevin durant trade they gave ishby a credit for that like i feel like he, he like hey, i don't know anybody that's, a, at this point i, I don't know anybody no that's going to give him credit for that I, yeah. I give him credit for cam johnson i give him credit for the book uh, extensions uh i give him credit for uh yeah, landing kelly Oubre. <laughs> Uh, you know that that's I give not him the credit same. for Jalen. You know Smith. that's not the same I, bucket thing. <laughs> I gave him. I give him credit for trying to get uh, Marshawn Dillon when he thought he was getting Marshawn oh, Brooks. No, look, does. James Jones deserves credit. He has helped build this roster, and he did have to pull the trigger at, to get CP3. I mean, it's easy to say CP wanted to be here, but if he didn't negotiate a deal with Presty, he doesn't get here. Doesn't mm. matter if a player sits there and says he wants to be here if the GM doesn't make the deal, figure out how to get it done, it doesn't get done. Mm -hmm. Right. So he does deserve the credit for, for when he was hired through, you know, through the finals runs and everything. He deserves credit for getting the disgraced former owner uh, to pay for, for Monty Williams as a head coach. That was a big investment that they hadn't made before that. So James Jones deserves a lot of credit. I, I joke about the other stuff, but James Jones deserves credit. I just hate that we don't know 
what's happening. Who's pulling the strings? Like, did we ever really know? I guess you could ask the question of that. But now it feels even more muddier where you really have no idea. James was calling the shots. Like, until until Ishbia took over. That was James Jones doing it. Well, I mean, you could even question that, too, based on Robert's track records as well. I think the deals that didn't happen were Robert maybe putting his foot down. But everything that happened, I think, was all James Jones making the moves. You know... We'll never know. That's part of this. Yeah, well, going back, you could go back to McDonough and you could wonder who the hell was yeah. doing what. I mean, oh, I, told I do you, all the McHale, time. Mikhail wasn't his pick. Shea Gildress Alexandria and the deal for him was was his pick. So, like, there's all sorts of these kind of things, yeah. and we're just never going to know the real answer because even if even if Isaiah Thomas is hired tomorrow, Matt Ishby isn't going to be like, yeah, he was making all the moves. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we just been paying James to be the guy we push out there for press conferences, like. Yeah. Nobody's ever going to admit that. Either. At what point do we just get like, where, what is the the amount of years removed that we get the tell-alls? Because I need those. 20 to 30, and that's only after the Suns have won a title to make everybody not as pissed when the news breaks. Look, it depends God, on who your so friends long. with. You can, you can get the tea no, spilled I'm talking about, real quick. I'm talking no, no, no. public. <laughs> publicly. I'm talking, oh, publicly. publicly. Yeah, publicly. everybody doesn't even know all the stuff with uh, with McDonough. Like, there's That's all sorts of things saying. you never what know. What is the line? Like, how far removed do we have to be from Ryan McDonough to get all of the news? 20 to 30 years. I don't want to wake up long. And that's if the Suns win a title. <laughs> if the Suns haven't won a title by then, you're still not hearing that shit because... It'll just piss everybody yeah. off. We still don't know all the dirt about Steve Kerr as general manager here and, and all those things. Like, just yeah. just sit and uh, enjoy your rocking chair because we're gonna be pretty old <laughs> when, when that happens. I right? already have a rocking chair. I know. Chairs, <laughs> anyway, I just wish that we could have that sooner. Lindsay, I'll tell you off air everything going on. Okay, deal. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for dealing with the uh, internet issues. If you were here live at 3 p.m., kind of had to do a little mix up with it. But we appreciate you. Don't forget Trade Machine Tuesday tomorrow, 3 p.m. on our YouTube channel. Come hang out with us live. If you cannot catch us live, you can always find us wherever you listen to your podcast. Just make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Also, if you haven't become a diehard yet, make sure you check that out and see all the perks that becoming a PHNX diehard gets you. Um, I'll tell you a few of the things. First and foremost, you get a free shirt upon signing up. Shirt of your choice. You do get discounts on merch throughout the year. You get um, early access to events and special things that we've got going on. You also get exclusive discounts from some of our partners. And of course, you get access to the Discord, which I think is a lot of people's favorite part of being a diehard. Plus, you get Saul pick feet feet picks. Gross. Uh, you're gonna, I will tell you all the things that I know uh, from the past that I haven't shared uh, because I'm not uh, allowed to publicly, <laughs> but privately, I'll share that with you. Well, as there well. you go. So become a diehard, and I'll spill the tea. Yeah, you can go to gophnx.com to find out more. Or if you're just looking for some new merch, head on over to phnxlocker.com to grab yours as well. Until we see you tomorrow, you can follow us on Twitter at phnx underscore sons. You can follow me at lindsaysmithaz. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Throw on that second apron. 
Make some dinner and enjoy your evening. Ahoy hoy! Hey, yo, my lifestyle is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. BH and X though. Lindsey Gerald Espo. Saw past the ball. We here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. I'll always wreck the family. Rally in the valley like Dan.